the reason stock market investing is very important is because that is literally where the wealth train has been. That is where the wealth is being created in America. If you are not invested in the stock market, it is almost impossible to find your way to wealth and prosperity in this country. Hey, good people. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins. And I'm Jay from Push Black. Welcome to Building Black Dollars, the show where we give you the practical tools to take charge of your finances and build black economic freedom. Today, we're talking about the stock market. So we've been getting questions from folks about the stock market. Like folks want to know what the stock market actually is. If you haven't been in that world before, it can seem kind of daunting. So let's start with the general overview. What exactly is the stock market? If I were to describe the stock market in a couple of simple terms and phrases, I would say it's literally like a market, like a grocery store is a market where you're bringing together buyers and sellers, you're bringing together goods and services that people can purchase from other people. And basically, except instead of having groceries in this market, you have stocks and you can buy shares of a company. You can literally take the money that's in your wallet, get on an app and go to this market and say, I want to be an owner in McDonald's. I want to be an owner in Starbucks. And so it's a beautiful place. It's a place where a lot of activity happens. It's a place where a lot of wealth and value is created. It's a great setup. When folks think about the stock market, right? I know for me, at least there was this initially this image of movies from the eighties and nineties with dudes on the wall street stock exchange floor yelling, and it looks pretty intense. And one of our push black subscribers agrees. So this is what she sent in to us. She says, I want to invest and get into the stock market, but I don't know where to begin or even if it's worth the risk. So Dr. Watkins, what are some actions she can take to get started? Getting started is easy. You can actually get started in investing with $5 in five minutes. And in a way, investing is a little bit like golf. It's an easy game to learn, but a tough game to master. So when I teach students in the black business school, we go deeper into it. I probably have a thousand hours of content on all the nuances of the market. However, to get started, it's very easy. You download an app like Acorn, Stash, Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, something like that. And you uh, open up an account, you link it to your bank account, transfer money from your bank account into your investment account. And then you pick the company you want to be an owner in and you buy uh, shares th that are proportionate based on the amount of money that you invest. And once you do that, you've begun the process. It's that simple. And one fundamental fact about investing, the biggest mistake you can make as an investor is to not invest at all. The reason stock market investing is very important is because that is literally where the wealth train has been. That is where the wealth is being created in America. If you are not invested in the stock market, it is almost impossible to find your way to wealth and prosperity in this country. Investing in the stock market is not something that requires you to have a bachelor's degree. It's not something that requires you to have a lot of money. Investing in the stock market is not something that requires you to have a lot of time. The number one thing you have to do uh, in order to become a stock market investor is overcome the biggest factor that uh, stops people from investing, which is fear. That's the hurdle that stops everybody. From what I understand, there's different ways you can go about this, right? You've just outlined one, which seems pretty straightforward, right? What are the pros and cons of doing something like that? versus, say, putting a sum of money with your bank or with a investment fund? Like, what are the different options folks have? And is that is what you just mentioned the best place for most folks to get started? You can take that other approach of, of handing your money over to a money manager or uh, to an investment fund or something. I, I actually do both. I invest with my app and then I have my money manager who calls me and says, 
I think this is the way we should shift your portfolio. And I pay a certain percentage to the company to manage that money for me. A person could literally go buy a Vanguard fund and that's a mutual fund and just set their money to be deposited in it every single week. And as long as it's a diversified fund, like something that buys, say, the S&P 500 or spread your money out, you could do that consistently. Literally, that one move that would take five minutes for anybody to do, it could literally set you up for the rest of your life. You just have to give it time to grow, right? Like growing a tree or something like that. But one of the benefits of maybe going through a, a bank or a money manager or even your 401k plan, et cetera, is that you have these experts that sit around and think carefully about where the market's going, what the trends are. They actively manage your money. And there's a debate actually as to whether or not that actually adds a lot of value to your long-term portfolio. There's some people who believe it's a great idea. Some people like Warren Buffett thinks it's a waste of time, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but I personally think that there are some benefits to that. And also, especially when you talk about things like your 401ks or your 803bs at, on your job, those are great ways to invest because then you're talking about taking advantage of some of the um, tax benefits of investing in a certain way. Like 401ks have tax benefits, uh, IRAs do, you know, uh, even Roth IRAs are good uh, from a tax perspective as well. So there, there are many other opportunities to invest that don't involve any engagement from you where someone else can actually manage that money and sometimes it can actually be a good thing. To a certain extent, it sounds like a set it and forget it model. Put your money in, then you'll come out better on the long term. When people look at it and say, okay, the market has crashed historically and will crash, like how should they be thinking about that in terms of their long-term approach to utilizing the stock market? You know what? It's funny. And I think it's because I've studied this stuff in a certain, in a certain way <laughs> through the years. When I was in graduate school, I worked with this old dude named Renee Stoltz who was one of the leading risk management experts on the planet. And he had me edit his entire textbook on risk. And I hated the job and it was terrible, but I enjoyed it. And it was an honor because he's so well-respected in his field. He's one of the top three in the world in this area. And by editing this textbook, it required me to take a lot of time to really think about what is risk. We know what it means if I say, oh, it's risky. Don't go out there. We know what that means, right? But what is risk is a little bit like the boogeyman in it. And it pops in different forms. It's hard to touch. So when people talk about investing being risky, which generates that fear, and we sense risk through our fear, it's an emotional kind of thing. And sometimes that risk and that fear can even stop us from investing. A lot of people don't invest because of fear. There are different ways to perceive it. For example, let's say tomorrow I tell you the stock market crashed by 20%. That's, some people will freak out. Oh my God, that's so crazy. Whoa, I, I shouldn't have invested this week. What am I going to do? Let me get my money out. I'm scared to death. But what I could then do is show that person that if you look at the data over the last hundred years, anytime the market has dropped like that, it was always a buying opportunity and the market always recovered and it came back. So sometimes we can look at risk and overreact to it by saying, oh my God, the market dropped. I'm running away forever. A lot of black folks did that during the 2007 crash. Black people probably lost over a trillion dollars in 2007 during the market crash because we didn't understand one fundamental thing about risk. And that thing is that the thing that is happening now is very different from what's going to be happening forever. That now is a moment in time. And sometimes we get so trapped in the moment that we uh, come up with a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So ultimately, when people talk about the risk that exists in the market, a lot of that risk, honestly, is it's perceptive. It's in the eye of the beholder. And much of it is temporary. There has never been a bear market that has meaning that a drop in the market, significant drop. There's never been a bear market that has lasted more than 14 months. So that means that any time in the last 100 years, typically, if you 
are enough of an investor that you can wait 14 months. Every penny you lost is going to come back to you. And then some during the pandemic, when the pandemic first began, I could not tell my students exactly what was going to happen during the pandemic. But what I did tell them is I said, look, the average bear market lasts for 14 months. Maybe this lasts for 14 months. I'm buying everything I can get my hands on because right now America's on sale. The pandemic was special because it didn't take 14 months for the recovery to happen. It took about three weeks. And a lot of people made a ton of money in those three weeks. So long story short, I would say that when you're thinking about the risk, you have to know how to take it into context. You can't let it freak you out and panic you and scare you. And if it does, then just close your eyes and, and, and keep investing your money consistently and check your portfolio every six months. Don't get caught up in the day-to-day drama because the drama is interesting to watch. There's a lot to learn, but what happened this past week or whatever has very little to do with the long-term growth of the market, which is always, there's no time in American history where you can show me a crash where the market sank and never recovered. It always recovers. And just like that, we're at the end of this episode of Building Black Dollars. This podcast is produced by Push Black, the nation's largest nonprofit black media company. Barriers like the racial wealth gap and banking discrimination are systemic issues that still plague our communities. But know that economic freedom is still within our reach, and it begins with you. Push Black exists because we saw we had to take this into our own hands. And you make Push Black happen with your contributions at buildingblackdollars.com. Most people do five or 10 bucks a month, but really everything makes a difference. Thanks for supporting the work. The Black Business School is a place where over 150,000 students are obtaining a culturally relevant, low cost, high quality education without going into debt. We've helped thousands of students just like you learn how to buy shares of stock, how to start their own business, and how to teach wealth to their children. We can help you too. Visit www.theblackbusinessschool.com. Use the code word BBD to get 10% off. Hosting the show, we have finance expert and founder of the Black Business School, Dr. Boyce Watkins. The production team for Building Black Dollars includes Tarek Alani, Brooke Brown, Patrick Sanders, and Tasha Taylor. Editing the show is Ivana Tucker, and our producer is Sid Smith. Building Black Dollars executive producer is Julian Walker. Peace.